Welcome, welcome, welcome again to another episode of the Saul Bookman Show. Thank you for so much for joining me this week. And uh, hey, how about the Wildcats huh? bouncing back against ASU? We'll dive into that here in a second. We'll also touch on some football recruiting news. It isn't so hot. It isn't so beautiful. I'll give you my spin on where we're at as a football program here shortly. And then uh, I'll give you a little preview into the, the Oregon trip. Oregon, Oregon State coming up this week for the men. Oregon, Oregon State coming up this week for the women at home. Man, this is a big week, especially for that women's team. They've dropped their first game of the season. We'll touch on that. A lot to get into. So let's get after it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, the men handled business at home against ASU on Saturday night. I was there in person. It was great to be back in McHale for the first time in in a long time. And uh, I got to say... You know, one of the things that always makes me excited and and happy to see is the response the crowd gets or gives when they can tell you're on a run or you're on a roll. And uh, that happened tenfold on Saturday night against an ASU team that is trying to find its way. Man, that was a rough, rough outing for those gentlemen. They could not find the bottom of the net to save their life, with the exception of maybe Remy Martin. Uh, Overall, an impressive performance for U of A, especially when you're talking about Zeke Naji. He was unbelievable. Uh, You know, that that guy is, is going to get you a lot of points. He's going to be able to get you a lot of rebounds and that was on display for sure on Saturday night. He had a couple highlight reel plays. He almost had the dunk of the year. It would have been off of a three-point miss tip dunk, and he man, he bounced that thing all the way up to the scoreboard it seemed like, and uh, he was just unbelievable. ASU didn't have anybody that could match up with him. They just didn't. They, I mean, Ramella White, you could see the clear difference between somebody that could potentially be a lottery pick and somebody that might not even make it to the G League. ASU, all they had was Remy Martin, and once you shut him down, I thought I thought uh, Josh Green did a terrific job of really kind of mimicking his her- herky-jerky style with his herky-jerky defense and really being a pest to the pest, and we all know how much of a pest Remy Martin can be, and I, I definitely thought Josh Green did a terrific job of that. He was awesome, and uh, you know, overall, I thought the, the team played very well. Nico Mannion's going to have to step up, though. If this team wants to win at Oregon this week, right, he's going to have to step up. He's going to have to find whatever mojo he lost a little bit. You can see he's kind of battling through it. I still fear that he's a little injured, especially with that ankle. Uh, he seems, you know, it seems like maybe once or twice uh, a game or every other game, he, you know, he tweaks it and, you know, it, it's it's not feeling so hot. And he does the best he can with what he has at this moment. So I don't quite feel like he's 100%. Maybe he is and he's just playing poorly I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say 
kid's going through a little bit of a rough patch. He'll figure it out. This team is still plenty good without him, uh, but with him, they go to another level, especially if he's playing at a high level. But he was still a plus 20 on the night. I mean, you know, uh, Jamal Baker came off the bench, and he was a plus 23. Zeke Naji was something like a plus 34, which is just stupid. Uh, overall, this the, the Wildcats really – they just really just pounded the Sun Devils, and ASU had no chance. They had no chance from the opening tip uh, right off the bat. It, it wasn't going to be close, and uh, I thought the defense played very, very well. I thought they were fortunist. Uh, they were they were fortunistic um, because ASU just couldn't make a shot, and you can't expect that to happen. But I thought they closed out on the three point line very well, much better, and I thought that they rebounded very well. Uh, in pretty much every statistical category, Arizona outplayed ASU. And, you know, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, free throws. Uh, and and let's, let's talk about the free throws. Both teams were awful from the free throw line. I mean, Arizona going 11 for 22, that's that's embarrassing. But it's only more embarrassing for ASU because they shot 8 of 19, which is 42%. So... You know, they got out-rebounded by 14. Uh, ASU only had two assists on the entire night. One of the things that um, I love about the Phoenix Suns' new head coach, Monty Williams, is he talks about passing the ball. And there's a metric in analytics that tells him whether or not the team's going to be successful. And it's usually over 300 passes in a game. And I can, and, and that usually lends itself to you know assists and more points and stuff like that. And the Suns are, like, in the top ten of the league in, in assists per game. They they are. Whatever their record is, they are near the top of the league when it comes to passing the ball for scores, or at least they were at the beginning of the season. When you look at this metric, U of A had 17 assists, ASU had two. If you just looked at those two numbers, you knew who won the game. You don't have to be a fan of either team. You know who won the game just based off of that and uh it was quite remarkable to see a team be so man just so bad they were they were they were not good this is probably Bobby Worley or Bobby Hurley's worst team but they shouldn't be if that makes sense you know but overall uh Arizona played very well and uh they move on to a big week this week. They head up to Eugene, and they will start off with the Ducks on Thursday. That's a big matchup. That's a big game. Uh, Oregon's top 10, and Arizona's 24. Uh, a loss probably puts them out of the top 25, but a win can do wonders for their confidence. Um, and, and the Oregon State game is no, no joke either. Oregon State's a very good ball club. They can play very well. They play solid basketball. Um, they're a good team. So, That'll be a matchup to watch, and uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see how Nico Mannion matches up with Peyton Pritchard, uh, especially on uh, on Thursday, and how how I want to see him lift his level, his his game, because Peyton Pritchard's as good as any guard in college basketball. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be a lottery pick, but I am saying that Peyton Pritchard is a good, solid college basketball point guard. He is, and he's been there. He's got the experience. He knows what to expect. And here comes this freshman who there's a lot of hype behind, and he hasn't been playing so hot. And so for Nico Mannion, this is a litmus test right here. This is a test at the college level. This is as high as it's going to get for you. Come 
ready to go. That's it. Come ready to go. Put it out all out there on the line, and it um, should be a fun game. So let's move on because there's another basketball team that has a lot on the line this week, and they got the Oregon schools as well. So let's talk some women hoop, women's hoops after we get back from this message. Well, unfortunately for the women, it did not go so hot this weekend. They split uh, against the L.A. schools, uh, beating USC uh, pretty handedly, and then it got a little dicey there for a little bit, and it was pretty close, but then uh, they pulled away at the end, and then uh, and then they lost um, pretty easily to UCLA. And one of the things that uh, Dia Barnes really pointed out was is, is they played – they played okay in the first half, and it was a tie ball game. US, UCLA played terribly in the first half, and it was a st- it was still a tie game. And so you move into the third quarter, and UCLA just completely dominated that third quarter, and that's where you saw um, that's where you saw the the loss really. Yeah, you know, a tie game at half, and they come out in the second half, and they only score thirteen, whereas UCLA puts up twenty eight, and that was pretty much the ball game after that. You know, they they went out to a fifteen point lead. Um, Arizona outscored him by three in the fourth quarter, but by that time it was kind of garbage time. Um, Ari McDonald, one of the things that she's going to have to prove is that against elite competition, she can handle it and she doesn't turn the ball over. And I thought that maybe um, against UCLA, uh, she hadn't fared that well um, when it comes to that. So um, other than that, you know, Kate Reese, she was – she was okay, 12.7 rebounds. I'd like to see her take a little bit more of a bigger step forward to be more of a dominant figure. Um, but uh, Michaela Onyewer from UCLA, um, you know, I, I was actually fortunate enough to see her play up in Colorado. Uh, she, was, uh, she was just a, a phenomenal specimen. She, she could fly up and down the court. She could touch the rim when she was like, I believe she was a freshman or a sophomore at the time. This is back in like 2013. She was unbelievable. And so when she signed with UCLA, I, I knew she was going to be something to deal with. And sure enough, she was she dominated in that game, especially in the second half. Uh, she led the team with 18 points, had 13 rebounds. Uh, she's just a she's a unique player. And she's a very good player. She's played for Team USA. Um, she's she's going to make a name for herself um, at the next level and play in the WNBA for sure. So, uh, But for this Arizona team, they just got to stick with it. They knew that this four-game gauntlet really um, was going to be tough. They knew USC was one that they had to have because the next three were going to be really, really tough. And so they dropped one against UCLA. And now guess what? It does not get any easier because they have the Oregon schools coming into town. And man alive, if you're not ready to go for this one, you never will be. On Friday, it all goes down at McHale. And I'm telling you people, you better get your butts out there and support this team. Otherwise, it's going to be very difficult for them to beat uh, the top two of the top three teams in the country. Number three, Oregon State, on Friday. On Friday. Um, and that's at 8 o'clock at McHale. And then on Sunday, an afternoon tip with number two, Oregon uh, that's going to be a classic matchup. You got Sabrina Ionescu going up against Ari McDonald, two of the best guards in the country at the same time in the same place. Like, be there. That is, that is money. That is a money ticket. 
go out there, support the women. It's going to be fun. And you know what? I usually don't like to, um, you know, take day trips and stuff like that. I'm there. I am there this weekend to watch Oregon versus Arizona. I want to see this team perform. I want to see this team in, in, in person. I want to see Sabrina Ionescu. I want to see Ari McDonald. I want to see what a top 10 team looks like, a top five team looks like. And more importantly, I want to see how this Arizona women's basketball team can compete against that kind of elite competition. That's three games back to back to back against top 10 teams. And they're going to learn from each and every single one. And I, I believe that they learned from their loss to UCLA. They can't, when you know you have premier competition coming down the road, every single facet of your game better be on point. Otherwise, you're going to lose. And Arizona doesn't have the kind of, uh, they don't have the kind of depth and the kind of, uh, you know, uh, slack to be able to play with in order to have an off game and still win against premier competition. They have to play their best in order to beat the best. And, and I believe, like, in this case, for instance, this week, if Oregon State and Oregon play play their very best, I don't think Arizona is going to win those games. But that doesn't mean that they need to get blown out. That means that they need to play their A game, too, to show that they can compete at that level. I just don't believe that they have the experience yet in big enough games at the I mean these teams have gone to the final four. They have they have played at a high, high level for several years now. There are no slouches. And so Arizona's new to this, right? And when you're new to this and you're facing teams that have that kind of experience, you have to find those those moments. Those those players need to have those outstanding moments that really separate themselves and this in this team from their opponent you know you don't expect for somebody to drop 30 points outside of Ari McDonald but if somebody were to do that that's the type of performance from somebody else that you would need right and so for for Arizona really to me Samaj Smith and Kate Reese down low are going to provide a big difference they need to be able to handle the size of Oregon State at first and then the speed of Oregon second and that's, I mean, this is a tough task. This is not easy. But I believe they can do it. I hope that they can just stay competitive with these two because I think if they stay competitive, that'll prove to themselves that, hey, you know what? We can compete with the best. We can hold our own. And you never know what could happen when the chips are all on the line. So when we get to the Pac-12 tournament down the road, and they should match up, hey, we played them close before. All we had to do was X, Y, and Z. There you go. So, big big moment. I think this is a big opportunity for Adia Barnes and her program to take that next step, right? They, I think they've gotten to the point where they're a good team. They're a good team. Nationally, they're respected. They're a good team nationally. Everybody knows that. They're the 18th ranked team in the country. Everybody respects Arizona women's basketball as an up-and-coming team. Now it's about taking that next step into, okay, how do we go from good to great, And to go from good to great, you need more than Ari McDonald to carry the bag. Everybody else has got to carry the bag as well, and everybody else has got to take that next step into elite status to get this program to an elite status. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. I can't wait to see it. I hope they can pull it off. Who knows how it's all going to go down. Get out there to McHale. If you're down in Tucson, it's going to be fun. It's going to be lit. I'm sure of it. Adia Barnes has got that program rolling. Get 
out there. Next, we're going to talk about football, and then we're going to wrap this bad boy up. Stay with me. I wish I had better news for you guys. And I'm going to stay away from being too negative about this Arizona football program. I am going to more just kind of tap the tap the bell and say, hey, there's some cause for concern, and that's all I'm going to do. If that's cool with you, I'm going to carry on. I'm going to do that, and I'm going to let you all be. But Jason Harris, I mean, the lineage of Arizona Wildcats in his family is is evident. He has his, his brother plays on the team currently right now, um, and his dad was on the cover of the Rock Solid Arizona Sports Illustrated number one ranked team um, cover way back in the day. I mean, you name it, this kid was there. He was um, he was there for the taking. And instead, what happened is the opposite. Um, and 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 it goes more. It goes way deeper than that. The lack of stability at the defensive coordinator position when you're trying to recruit these high profile defensive athletes now this kid probably he may or may not have really wanted to go um, to Arizona Um, maybe they didn't really realistically have a chance but when Mel Tucker out recruits you in your own backyard you got a problem you got a problem especially from Colorado I can understand Lathan Ransom wanting to go to Ohio State I can understand B. John Robinson wanting to go to Texas those are high profile programs and you know and I mean what do you do? You know, I, I get that they have they have they have the clout and the history and the tradition at the high level um, to get those kinds of players. And then Bruno Fina, same thing. Texas, Ohio State, uh, UCLA. I mean, I mean, there's just so much that can go against you that you need to take advantage of the of the players that should be in your pocket. And this is another, this is another opportunity for that to have happened, and it didn't. And right now, Arizona sits at number sixty-four in the country, according to Rivals.com, in their football recruiting rankings. Sixty-four. That is a very low spot, and nowhere a Power Five should team should be, really. Uh, if you're if you're anything below a fifty as a Power Five school, you've got tremendous problems, right? And so, uh, you know, Tulane is one spot behind them, and Bowling Green is one spot ahead of them, and it's just, uh, what are you going to do? You know, uh, this, this, Kevin Sumlin has a lot of work to do. I don't know if he's going to be the one that ends up getting this program turned around, but as we stand, since 2000, Arizona is the Pac-12's losingest program. And that's that's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. So, things have got to change. And this decade, hopefully this decade, change will come in a positive manner. And uh, hopefully this Arizona football team can rebound and find itself once again and bring some type of pride back to what used to be a proud program for a little while there in the 90s, right? Late 80s, 90s, a very proud program, 
strong program and then kind of lost its way. And it, it's found it in flashes here and there, but no long-term consistency. And I know what you guys are going to probably say is that, well, you know, in order to get consistency, you have to have coaches that have been here consistently and long. I agree. I totally agree. Is Kevin Sumlin going to be that guy that you want to stay here, or would he stay here? There's been speculation that he might jump to the pros. He might take an assistant coaching position or whatever. You know, if that should happen, then what? So you need to find, to me, I just feel like, you know, the, the cool thing and the easy thing to do is to go out, do your research, try and find a coach at even another level, maybe Division Two, that has been highly successful or a coordinator that you just know is, is young, he's got a lot of fire, he wants to prove that, you know, he's the next great coaching um, candidate in the carousel, and uh, maybe you can build that way. But until that happens... Until Kevin Sumlin can can re- out recruit the other eleven schools in the Pac-12, this will continue to happen. Where you have players that are even in your own backyard, or have even been raised within your program, that are going to opt for greener pastures somewhere else. And I think more than anything, it's the fact of what this kid represented. It's 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 what Jason Harris represents versus what actually happened what he represents is regression and that's not what you want within the program so like i said i'm just trying to stay positive as much as possible that's a heavy sad topic to 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 really tackle but we had to do it it's all over with we move on hopefully kevin sumlin can can get a few horses under his you know under his uh under his canopy and try and take this program to another level. And he has one more year to really do it because, you know, it doesn't look like Arizona's going to be firing him anytime soon. And I'm not saying that they should. He's got a $10 million buyout. But after this season, he's only got a $5 million buyout. And then your decision becomes a little bit easier if you're not seeing the progress that you want to make. So we'll see. But until then, Kevin Sumlin deserves another year. He deserves another shot. I'm on board with it. I think everybody else needs to get behind that. And then if it doesn't work, then you support the next coach that comes in. And, uh, you know, you really need to do your very best to show up and do your part as a fan to really rally this football program. Whether you like the coach or not, doesn't matter. Rally as a, as a, as only a Wildcat can. So, folks, I've enjoyed this little bit, this little half hour, as I always do every week. Next week, got some some more cool stuff coming your way uh we'll bring a couple more people on and um i really look forward to um seeing where this arizona basketball team both programs has uh taken their talents have uh, have they gotten some impressive wins or is it back to the drawing board we'll see and uh we'll talk to you next week take care <laughs>